you did go viral with Tab um, wearing your earrings. Were you prepared for that? No. Wow. No. Um, I could not make enough product or it would sell out. Like I had these like seasons where I would sell out like five, 10 minutes. And that was great until the other messages came. <laughs> I am creating a Patreon. A Patreon is essentially like an exclusive community. Supporters, their fans, they come in one area and they get extra stuff. So I have three different tiers and it is a membership. So you have to pay a small fee per month to be a part of the Patreon. But what I am giving compared to what you have to pay per month, pennies compared to what I am giving. Please click the link in the description box. I am so, so, so excited. It's just gonna be so dope. And like I said, if you like my free content now, baby, the Patreon. <laughs> if you're on YouTube, you can see what I'm doing. But <laughs> if you're listening on podcast, I'm basically saying like, it's just up a whole nother level. Get your water and keep some wine. I should have had some wine. With exposure, execution, and consistency, there is nothing you can't do. Just keep planting. Hello, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning back into another episode on the Responsible Homegirl podcast. I am Kiani, the Responsible Homegirl, and this is a space that I have created so young adults can become financially responsible and wealth conscious. So the way that I do that is by sharing financial education and then interviewing amazing entrepreneurs who are building their wealth through business. So y'all, welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for tuning in to Think Like a Mogul. I'm sure if you've been rocking with me for a little while, you know that Think Like a Mogul is a series where I interview people either from South Carolina or live in South Carolina so that I can expose you all to the greatness that we have in our own backyard. It's very easy for us to glamorize what people have going on in different places, but I'm like, no, we have dopeness right here. So let's get connected. Today, I have no other than Miss Kathy. She is the owner of, matter of fact, I'm not even going to tell y'all what she do because <laughs> sis is a whole movement by herself. I'm not going to tell y'all, but just know on this episode, we are going to dig deep into how she thinks like a mogul how she has built her brand from the ground up, and then just give us some more tips and gems. So thank you so much for being on the podcast, Kathy. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Of course. So I always start off my podcast episodes with this one question. Can you tell my community about an irresponsible financial decision that you've ever made? Hmm. Okay. Okay, I have too many. I have one because this one I didn't realize till after. So I wouldn't treat myself a lot. Like I wouldn't, I would work, but I wouldn't like treat myself a lot. Yeah. But when I did treat myself, like in my early 20s, I didn't like check myself between like that line between treating myself and creating a financial liability. Yeah, like, like I would push it too far. And I remember when I graduated with my bachelor's, um, it was time for me to get a new car. Okay? Mm -hmm. And I was going into grad school and I was like, hey, I'm going into this next stage. I'm grown. I got it together. 
I'm going to get something better. It's going to be an upgrade. But when I got to the, I'm from Miami. So Miami is very like showy. It's like this. It's, it's a lot of clout. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's flashy. It's a, it's a lot of clout. So I went, I, I went to Tallahassee for college and went back to Miami to grad school. Mm-hmm. Or South Florida. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to upgrade. I'm going to get me some a little, I'm going to zhuzh it up. I'm going to zhuzh it up. And I, and I was looking at all these upgrades because I don't like that. I like that. And my dad, too. I shouldn't blame him, but my dad and my parents were like, you deserve the best. I was like, yeah, I deserve the best. <laughs> I deserve the best. Of course I deserve the best. I went and got a brand new Benz. Wow. And at the time, I, I qualified for it. I qualified for it. I could get it off the lot. And I was driving. I felt good when I was driving. And, it, you know, I, I moved back with my parents. I could afford the payments. Or so I thought. Mm. So I thought it felt good, good, right? This it, is felt good. good. it felt good right in that bed until I had to get grown, until I got married, until I had to move out, until like grad school really kicked in. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, dang, this kind of a liability. Like these things are the most expensive bill that I have. Nope, not including insurance, not including gas, just the car note, just to have the car. Right. I was like, this is such a liability. And I was like, I have to change the way that treating myself doesn't become a financial liability. Like there was no reason for me to be paying that much on a car, fresh out of college, going into grad school, going back home with my parents. Like I got a trap. That is a trap. Like I was like, this money could have been a house. Yeah, right. This money could have been another investment that makes money for me. Like it's, it was just, I was paying all that money to be cute on the road. Ooh. Like I was paying all that money to be cute on the road. So I can put my window down and blast my music outside of the light for five minutes and, and drive you know, off. And no people don't even know you. <laughs> you don't even know me. You don't even have a whole, you don't even have a conversation with me. Wow. I'm just going to blast a little Kodak at the light and then drive off. <laughs> <laughs> a little Kodak at the light. <laughs> oh my God. Thank you for sharing what? that story. Y'all, this is <laughs> this is real life stuff. So much that I want to unpack from that. So for one, your environment kind of like shape your belief system. So like you said, I'm from Miami. Miami is flashy. So like what you thought, like, I mean, once I got my first car, I was thinking like a Honda <laughs> versus where you from Miami, your environment, you're thinking like, oh, I need me a Benz. So the environment that you yeah. are raised up in, that kind of impacts your decisions. Then on top of that, your family. Yeah, like my parents. Yeah, like my parents, they they weren't like always flashy like that, but you can't help but get caught up. Like you can't help. Like we see Benzes on the street. Maybe she could get a Benz. And like, you know, you in this next step in your life, maybe you can get one, but it's like, I really needed to check myself. I got like so caught up in the hype. Yeah. Of getting a car and then getting the, like, I, I had no business driving that. There's yeah. a reason why older folk drive low, luxury cars. I had no business at 22. Would have been. 23 years old driving a Benz. I still got that car though. I'm going to drive that thing till the wheels fall <laughs> off. I'm not going to get no other car. I know that's right. Another thing that I want to touch on, though, it was the first thing that you said when you were like, um, you wasn't treating yourself enough. And I feel like sometimes when people don't treat themselves, 
they splurge when they do decide to treat themselves. So can you talk a little bit about how you have learned how to not deprive yourself and have like that balance between, you know, being good with your money, but also treating yourself at the same time because you work hard for your money? Yes. So one thing that I have prioritized a lot, especially in the last two years, is celebrating the small wins. Mm -hmm. Like I would wait for something super big to acknowledge. So I felt like the purchase had to match that like emotion I was feeling in that moment. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? But if I like achieve my to-do list for the day that I can celebrate that like small. So I don't feel like I have to do this like grand thing that just like makes up for every single thing I didn't celebrate in between. Cause that's really what it is. It's not just like that big moment that you're trying to celebrate. You're trying to almost make up for all the times you didn't do anything for yourself. That's like, like, you're like, okay, I gotta catch up. I gotta catch up when I'm finished. Yes. So yeah, I'm just like prioritizing like, you know, if I I got through my to-do list, I celebrate something, I have a glass of wine or me and my husband, we go out to eat or, um, you know, thank the Lord, you know, that we were able to do this one thing, like get through this one thing for the day. It doesn't always have to be like waiting for, what is it? I think social media kind of like makes us feel like it has to be like this huge achievement for it to be significant. You don't have to like, you don't have to wait for all of that stuff. Just celebrate each step. Progress, small progress is still progress. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. Small progress is still progress because really, it's really about how you show up consistently. What you do consistently, that's going to add up. Yes. Thank you so much for sharing that story. Y'all, we didn't even get started yet. It's already good. Get your pen, get your pad, and just get ready because I already know this episode is just going to be amazing. (laughs) So now, Kathy, can you tell my community a little bit about how you grew up and what kind of shaped you into becoming this entrepreneur that you are today? And tell them about your business because I didn't do that either. (laughs) Well, um, I'll start with briefly what the business is. Um, So I have a fashion accessory and home decor business called Moonseed. Our tagline is kind of like jewelry for the risk taker, even though we are moving into some homewares. Um, But what that means is like, you are taking a risk on bold fashion, vibrant things, big pieces, things that most people would shy away from. I think like everyone is like the everyday wear piece. And that is great. You should always have an every everyday wear piece, like dainty pieces, smaller pieces, pieces that you feel comfortable wearing in the workplace every day. But mine is like the complete opposite. Like I, I make conversation starters. Like I want, I'm a shy person. I'm a shy person. And if you, if you see my earrings, you're probably going to ask me about my earrings. Right. And and that, that just breaks the ice for me to have a conversation with you. Um, I think risk-taking jewelry can be everyday pieces. So I focus a lot on like vibrant, bold things. Um, yeah. And a lot of my jewelry and like things that I make in art in general is influenced just by like my upbringing, my family, my culture. Um, I said previously, I'm from Miami. I was born in Miami and raised in like the South Florida area, that Tri-County. Um, there's this huge chunk that everyone considers to be Miami, but Floridians gonna get me if I say it's all Miami. Because it ain't Miami. It ain't all Miami. Okay. Okay. 
<laughs> Let me help y'all because that happens in a chokehold. <laughs> so I grew up in the South Florida. It's it's generally all the same. And you and my parents are Haitian, and I'm a first uh, immigrant born. Like, well, they're immigrants. I'm first generation born in America. Okay. Um, so a lot of my work is like inspired by the, the culture and the colors and carnival and Caribbean cultures and all that stuff. Miami being, you know, so tropical and lively, colorful. So um, I really grew up in that setting, but like in a Caribbean household, I was very blessed in my Caribbean household um, because my parents always nurtured my creativity. They were not creative at all. Wow. My dad is into finance and like my mom did like management and they were not, but they were not creative, but they always nurtured my creativity. And mostly like in a Caribbean like household, you, the job goal is not to be an artist or to be creative. Yeah. Like you have to um, be a doctor or lawyer or something else big, like, or a, a, an, an engineer. Yeah. And, and our surrounding family kind of hinted that I needed to be those things because, you know, education, well, I can pick up something real easy. Like I, I can, I can go to school, learn something. Um, we'll talk about this later, but like my latest job was in like in a STEM setting. Yeah. Um, and I was able to go in there with no degree and really excel in that job. But I knew I wanted to do something creative. And when my parents supported that, especially because of my work ethic, I was like, I don't care what any other family member says. Yes. Like, if my parents are supporting me in this, I just know that I'm going to go through with this. Um, I, I said I wanted to, I started out as an artist, but, you know, I had, like, different creative, like, wants. I wanted to be an oil painter. I wanted to do a fashion, be a fashion designer. They made me take, you know, fashion sewing classes and all that stuff. Um, and then I went back to wanting to be a fine artist and stuff like that. That was my main thing. I wanted to really be a fine artist. But my dad was like, I support you in everything creative with whatever you want to do. But let's try to find something like just have a happy medium where you can find something that brings in consistent money. Yeah. And so when I was in undergrad, I, I studied studio art, but a concentration in graphic design. Mm -hmm. I loved it so much that I could like bridge all of my talents together that I went back and got a master's in graphic design. Wow. Like I just loved it so much with the intention to teach, but that didn't work out. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. So I've, I've really had like a really big, uh, creative career outside of school, inside of school, uh, classes, downtime. I've just always been an artist. Like that is like truly how I identify. People are like, you're an entrepreneur, you own a fashion business. Blah, blah. But I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm all those things, but I am truly like an artist at heart. Yeah, I love that story. And that speaks to me a whole lot because my mom is super supportive of what I'm building, the responsible homegirl. And I know like a lot of people, they don't really have supportive parents. Sometimes you have to make your people believe, like mm -hmm. you have to make them believers first before they can like really support you. So I love that. Moving forward, you said that you were always creative and they really sculpted your creativity. Did you see yourself having a line of, I, I, like, I, I like what you said, like jury for risk takers. Like, did you see that being a part of your story? No. And when it started, I rejected it for a long time. Wow. For a long time. Why? Um, because so when I got my master's, I 
when you get a master's in, in fine arts, typically that's terminal. You don't have to get like a doctorate or anything. And when you get that degree, you can go teach. Like you can go teach. And that's what I, I love learning about art and navigating in different art spaces that I wanted to teach it, specifically graphic design. So that was supposed to be my plan, like be at some university, which I did for a while, for a little bit until I moved to South Carolina. Yeah. Um, I wanted to, to teach. That's that I felt like that was my purpose. That was my plan. And I fought God really hard on that. Um, and when people would ask me about the earrings, I was out the transfer, I was almost ashamed because I had this plan for myself, not his plan, but I had a plan for myself. Mm -hmm. And the plan was I was going to get this degree. I was going to have some sort of like, you know, title was weighted with that as well. And I was going to teach the way I wanted to teach. Mm. That is happening on the side wasn't supposed to be the plant that I had for myself. So I would, I was almost, it was there on the side, but I could tell like in the early stages, how I treated it, that I was almost ashamed of it. Yeah. Almost ashamed of it, but it snowballed into something I could not ignore. Yeah. Um, and I, I resisted my love for it a lot. I resisted my love for it a lot. Yeah. Oh, that is very powerful. And the fact that you said like you resisted it, it's like those things that God will put on our hearts, put in our minds. Like we know we need to be taking action on it, but somehow we just can't get it. It's almost like he got to slap us upside the head or yeah, something for us to get it. He'll teach you the same lesson over and over again until you get it. Yeah. He will give it to you through different people the same time over and over and over again mm -hmm. until you get it. Yeah. There are so many women who are out here sleeping on themselves and not doing what it is that they know that they need to do. I used to be one of those girls. Procrastinating, not showing up consistently, not being all who I know that I was created to be. This is exactly why I created my six month dateless planner called the For Executors Only Planner. This planner was designed with a girl just like me in mind. The girl who has big visions, big dreams, big goals, but needs to show up consistently and plan with intention. One scripture that I always refer to is Proverbs 21.5. Good planning and hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. What are you planning? What are you putting in action? Write your vision down on paper and manifest the life that you desire and that you deserve. The link is down below in the description box. Make sure you order the For Executors Only Planner and let's get right back into the episode. And one more thing that I want to touch on for any young adult listening to this and they're a shy person, you know, you don't really want to step out and talk to people. I'm not very shy, but I also resonate with what you say, like you wearing peace that, I mean, earrings that are conversation starters. Like I have these one pair of parrot earrings that I got from out on. I love them so much. And I tell you no lie, anytime I wear them, somebody is going to say, I love your earrings. Where did you get them from? Like, that's a conversation starter. Another thing, my hair. If I'm going someplace and I know absolutely nobody, I am going to make sure my hair is just, I mean, my hair is always bomb, but it's really going to be popping because somebody's going to say, oh my gosh, I love your fro. So when you are starting your business, get creative in ways in which you can, you know, still step outside of your comfort zone, but you can find a little bit of comfort in, you know, meeting new people and talking to new people. So I love that you said that. So now let's pivot into, I know you said you resisted 
um, actually going into or really resisted making these earrings. But how did you even get started? Did you get started just from like creating them yourself? And then how did it morph into your business? Yeah, so in grad school, um, we had a laser cutter. A laser cutter sounds really scary. Um, and it, it can be, you know, it, it's, it's big equipment, it can sacrifice, but like we had this huge laser cutter. Um, actually, the whole school owned it. But if you were a grad student or if you were a teaching assistant, you could operate it. They trained you how to operate it and then you would help the undergrads use it in their projects and you could use it for your personal projects. So I was trained on the laser cutter, which also I resisted because I was scared of it. <laughs> they trained me, like, if you, if you in this grad program, you will have to teach. Yeah. So I was like, okay, okay, I'll conquer my fear. And I was trained on the laser cutter and I started using it in my projects. And one of the projects was like this artist's um, book. It's you would make a book, but it wouldn't be like your everyday binded book. You would have to make an artist book out of it. It could be like a really intricate pop-up. It could be a sculpture. It could be, the interpretation was wide. And that was like my project in time for grad school. And I was using wood. I was using fabrics, like African wax prints and all these things. And I was building this thing. And like all of the materials, like the leftover materials were sitting on my desk. And I always loved earrings. Like I, like I said, even if it weren't mine, I would be supporting somebody else's. Like I. I always loved the statement piece. And I was like looking at the pieces on the desk. I was like, oh, but there's an earring. Like, wow. <laughs> like I'm just gonna put that together. So I put it together. I went to like, I don't know where I went. I got some really cheap earring backs and I was wearing them. I think I put that thing together with like Mod Podge too. Like it was really thrown together. It was really wow. thrown together. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna wear these like it's the baddest thing. I'm gonna be matching with my school project. Like, <laughs> and when I went so above and beyond, like I'm matching with my school project. So <laughs> I was walking around and everyone was like, where did you get those earrings? 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 And I was like, I made them, I made them. They're like, oh my gosh, you need to make these. And I was like, I'm not gonna make these. <laughs> like, wow. Like, this is not what I want to do. I don't, I don't want to do this, but like, you need to throw those up. You need to make these, you need to make this. And I knew like I was not going to, this wasn't going to be my career, like any part, like major part of my career, my life. Um, and so I said, you know what, these people keep asking me to throw them up. Let's see if they really, but I'm gonna throw them up on Etsy. Like, I'll just like, they're on Etsy. Like, let me see. But I kind of like, you know, like, yeah, they're up there. Like, I didn't really speak with the passion. I speak about it now. I, like I said, I was still ashamed of that. I was like, let me see if they really go back. I'm a skeptical. Um, and then people started buying them. People that is started. crazy. Mm -hmm. That is crazy. And now looking back on that time, do you have any regrets as far as like resisting it and not really walking into like the power that you have fully? Yes. Um, I continued that almost skeptic like attitude for years. So I made my first pair of earrings in 2016, mm -hmm. but I was like so dismissive of them that I didn't really like nurture that venture you know what I mean so in between 2016 and 29 2019 is when I tell people I started a business I made a pair of earrings in 2016 wow. but I always tell people I started my business in 2019 because if I'm if I said I started a business the love that I was showing it then that did not exist right I was like even when I was with my my now husband when we were out people would tell me I love your earrings and I would say thank you that's it. Wow. <laughs> and my 
husband would my, my husband would go and he said, oh, we ain't gonna do this. And he would run and say, she made them. Mm-hmm. She made them. He would go back and get that person. So she made them. She made them. Come on, husband. And he, it was to the point where he started taking my business cards and putting them in his wallet. So every time I did that, he said, she made them business card. And he <laughs> was the only person that did that. He was not the only person that did that. I had friends that were like, she makes them. She makes them. Mm-hmm. And that's, and I was like, why am I so resistant of like resistant of this thing? It's because I had my own plan for myself. Like I need to follow through whatever it is that I set up for my life and stuff like that. But um, it, it was a long time. I did that several times, like over the course of years up until 2019, where I had a reality check. Um, and that's why I was like, okay, okay. Yeah. And we talk about three years. A lot can happen in three years. But you were low-key sleeping on a gift that God gave you. Yes, yes. Wow. But let's talk about having the right partner. Because this man not only said she made them, but he handed them a business card. Like, you need people around you who believe in you and see things in you before you can even see it. Yes, I'm going to tell you this, because people are always like, tap it the way your ears, tap it the way your ears. My husband did that. Are you my, husband, my husband did that. We were following Tabitha when she had like almost no followers. We loved Tabitha. We were always, we found her on Facebook, we found her on YouTube. We loved Tabitha. We were following her for a long time. Hold on, let's, and when pause. She- let's pause. Y'all, she's <laughs> talking about the Tabitha Brown. The <laughs> Go ahead. I- I'm going to let that marinate. Go ahead with your story, please. And um, when she would do these Very Good Mondays, Very Good Mondays is when she gets products and she she tries them on. She gets a lot of product. And mm-hmm. she would try them on. She would talk about it. She would pick certain businesses to support and stuff like that. And Devin, that's my husband's name, he would say, um, you need to send your stuff. Like, you clearly meet her vibe. Like, it's, it's there. Like, people always talk about they don't know who their target audience is. They don't have a style. Like, Tabitha is your target audience. Just send her, send her something. I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wait till the earrings is just right. Just marinated. I send them. I send them. I send them. And when I started to, like, really pick up traction, I was pumping out a lot more product. My husband came in the studio, and he said, she'll like these. She'll like these. <laughs> you like these he took out a little note he said let me see your handwriting he started writing a note he said sign your name I'm putting in the mail I said you crazy you crazy you crazy you're crazy you're crazy he signed my name he put them in the box and I I didn't and he sent them on next thing you know I see some tags and all of these things happening it happened weeks after mm-hmm. and like he um Tabitha wore them on very good Mondays and yeah. I was like I I wasn't I was embarrassed like I was ashamed I, I was convicted, like, you know, that was a really great opportunity, but I was like, why are you not seeing it in yourself? He, everyone else is seeing it. Yeah. Like, why are you not seeing it in yourself? Um, but let me tell you something. <laughs> My husband is a real one. Okay. Okay, he a real one. <laughs> Ladies, <laughs> listening to this, y'all better wait on the right partner, myself included. <laughs> Because some people, they just have leeches around them. And I did a IG story on that a while ago. Like, we cannot afford to have leeches around. Like, we maybe we need to do a relationship episode. <laughs> or but rate, wait on the right one. Wait on the right one. Ah, oh, that just blessed me so much. So yeah. now, can we 
talk about this mindset that you kind of like, I would say had to adopt because the confidence that you walk in now, I would just assume that you didn't necessarily have that confidence because you were resisting it. Like you just couldn't get what you were producing. What shifted for you? What changed? Um, I just had to like, you know, spend some like quiet time with God. Like what is, what is happening in my life? So when I got to South Carolina, I thought that it would be easy for me to go back and do what I was doing comfortably, like teaching and that that was going to be set up for me here. Um, We moved because my husband was getting a job for a very long time. And I wanted to have, I wanted to make sure he had the opportunity to explore that. So I left that job and I came with him. Um, and we got, and we came here and I thought in my mind, I don't know, sometimes you just manifest this thing in your head. Like it's going to be exactly how I was in Miami. And I was like, you know, he has a way of showing me. I'm laughing about it now because I was like, I'm just going to come here and get a, uh, walk into one of the universities and just start teaching. Like it's all good and gravy, no connects, nothing, no relationships, nothing like that. And I was frustrated with that. Um, it's not that I didn't love the earrings. I really love them. I felt like fashion wise, like it was, tr- I had a style. Like, I feel like they made my style. Like you could say, okay, Kathy's going to look like this and be like this. But like, I was resisting it, not because I didn't love that thing, but because I was so focused on making sure this one thing worked out for me. Yeah. Um, when I wasn't getting the opportunities I that I wanted, um, I almost felt like, and I was entitled to them. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I felt like I was entitled to opportunities that I wanted and it wasn't happening. And I was really frustrated with that. And because I was like that, because I was like that, I was sleep on all the other blessings that were happening in my life. Yeah. I wasn't even celebrating my other business, like, um, and the other things that I was doing. I made it seem like it was the things happening in them were such small things, like, and they were really big things. They were really big things. And then one day I was like, my career isn't taken off here as it is um, in Miami. And why is that guy? Like, why, why is it not working out for me? And, and I was, he was just like, cause I gave you something else already. Like, <laughs> cause you had, he, you already have something else. He's setting it up for you. <laughs> like, it's right there. Like, when you going to stop playing? Right. Yeah, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to, some people would kill to have something that people want or are interested in. And I would hear stuff like on, on social media, like, nobody wants my stuff or I'm not finding people who are even interested or I'm getting really negative feedback. It's like, I'm getting feedback and I'm doing nothing with it. Yeah. This episode is being sponsored by Saturday School. On March 19th, I'll be hosting the first ever Saturday School, teaching you all how I make thousands off of a product I don't own by wholesaling mobile homes. Just imagine that, a great side hustle that you don't have to invest money in, but you can make thousands off of. Come on now, make sure you go register for Saturday School. The link is below in the description box, or you can go to theresponsiblehomegirl.com and register to make sure that your spot is secure. There are only 20 spots, so if you are interested in wholesaling mobile homes and, like I said, earning thousands off of a product that you don't own, make sure you register. Let's get back into the episode. Talk about it. Wow. Oh my gosh. This is just mind blowing to me. Mind blowing because I just love your authenticity and your transparency in your story because I feel like sometimes we can have this 
makeup of what an entrepreneur looks like. Like, oh, you're super confident. Oh, you're a go-getter. You're a risk taker. You're this, you're that. But no, it's like when you're called to do something, it does not matter. Like God will work you through that and literally bless what it is that he told you to do. So can you transition now into the growth of Moonseed and maybe like, how did you, like once you started taking your business seriously, how did you get more eyes on your product? How did people really get to know what Moonseed is? So at the time, um, I was always in and out of like two jobs until this year. Um, I'm like (laughs) full-time Moonseed, but I was like, always having another job, something supplemental. And I knew that I needed to play to my strengths. And like, if I get caught up, I would try to do everything by myself. I won't do that anymore. But in the beginning stages, I was trying to do everything by myself. I know that marketing was not my strong suit. I knew I was an artist. So I needed to find a way to get people in and then hone in on them. And I started with Etsy. I had Etsy for a very long time. I don't think I launched a website until last year. Oh, wow. Like an official official website. Because I knew I needed a marketplace that would bring people in. I knew I couldn't, like, dedicate my time to bringing people in. Mm -hmm. So I would, you know, place my strength on Etsy, learn a little bit about that. And then when I got them in, I would direct them elsewhere to maybe my Instagram. Or to give me, like, some find some way to get an email or something like that. Yeah. Um, or write handwritten notes. Girl, I was writing handwritten notes. I was like, because I didn't want anybody to say, I got my earrings from Etsy. I didn't want that. I okay. wanted somebody to say, I got my earrings from Moonseed. Come on, Brandy. <laughs> Come on, Brandy. And that happens a lot. That happens a lot, especially yeah. with things like that. So I utilized that while I was working. Um, and, and there's a lot, Etsy can get a lot of slack, but I think that if you use it in the right way, you can use it to your advantage. And that's what I did for a long time. And then after that, I moved towards a website. I still have my Etsy open. I still have my Etsy open because I am not the marketing guru that other people are. Um, Keeping the channels open, doing markets. I started doing markets and stuff like that um, so that you can bring people in, just get eyes on your product. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I didn't know that this was actually your first year of you being full-time with Moon Seed. So can you give, I would just say like some encouragement to everybody listening who may want to be full-time in their business right now, but they still have to work their nine to five. Can you tell, tell us about like maybe some things that you learned or how you had to look at your perspective even while you were wanting to be full-time, but not necessarily being a place to be there yet? The first bit of advice I'm going to say, don't get caught up in the hype. Do mm-hmm. not get caught up in the hype. You have to, if, the, if you want to do it full-time, you need to make a list. All of the things that I have with a full-time job and all the things that I would have if I went full-time, okay? Yeah. Like, don't get caught up in the hype. Um, I remember, so I spoke to uh, Mimi of the Tiny Tassel when I wanted to go full-time almost a year ago, but I was not ready. And I would try to reach out to like different mentors and gurus on Instagram. And um, Mimi was the only person that affirmed the like the realistic timeline for me. The other mentors were saying, you're talented, quit your job. You can do this, quit your job. You got it, quit your job. It was almost like motivational speaking. And I'm like, this is hype. This is, this is wrong with 
social media. This is wrong with the way we think about business. You know what I mean? Run your race. Don't get caught up in the hype. Don't get caught up in the hype. And you really have to analyze your finances. Yeah. You really have to analyze if it's feasible. Don't say that I made a million dollars, but you don't know what your cost of goods are. Don't say that. Don't say that. You need to, you need to look at it, like really look at it and say, can I do this? Yeah. You need to make sure that you have things in place. For example, I needed to buy a house. Mm-hmm. And I knew I needed to, I need I knew I needed to show that I wasn't in the negative. Yeah. And my day job got me everything that showed I wasn't in the negative. You know what I mean? That I had a right. substantial amount of income that wasn't be taken up by a business. Right. So people don't think about stuff like that. Yeah. People don't think about stuff like that. Yeah. I was like, I'm gonna make sure that my family is set up before I put my foot in my mouth. Mm-hmm. Like just you, you know, just like run your race. Don't get caught up in the height. Just really look at your situation. Right. Can I do this? If you don't have, if you have a great idea and you don't, you didn't test it, like you don't have no market research, you didn't test anything, don't quit your job. Yeah. Don't quit your don't quit your job. So much. I hope y'all took that in, especially run your own race, because I'm not gonna tell you no lie. I love social media. I think that it is a great tool. However, it can be damaging if you are not in the place that you need to be mentally. And it can be so easy for you to look at other people's lives and compare yourself. And like, right now, I don't have a full-time job. Like, I solely focus on building the responsible homegirl, but I also don't have any bills. I moved back home at the college and I have a parent that supports me and say, okay, I mean, I'll, as long as you pay your car payment, and your phone bill, you good to go clean up here. I'm going to take care of your housing. That is a blessing. Yes. So you can't look at me and say, oh, Keani doing X, Y, Z, but Keani doesn't have rent. So when you say run your own race, you literally have to run your own race and do what's best for your situation. And let's also talk about how you are a forward thinker because you're thinking in advance, like, oh, I need to buy me a house. So like yeah. knowing in advance what goals you want to accomplish, what it is. And sometimes you may just have to sacrifice some stuff before you can go full-time. Yes, yes, yes. I love, it. I love it. So now let's move into our soul food section. So our soul food section is basically like our speed round. And I'm going to just be asking you some questions in regards to soul food. So I'm from a very small town called King Street, South Carolina. It's very country and I love soul food. So the first thing that I want to ask you is what is your favorite soul food dish? Seafood, macaroni, and cheese. Ooh, okay. Seafood, macaroni, and cheese. That is very interesting. It's very specific. It's very specific. Because I know like macaroni and cheese is like the traditional, right? Mm-hmm. But I love seafood. Like growing up in a Caribbean household, we eat a lot of seafood. Mm-hmm. And my husband made a seafood macaroni and cheese. I, mac- if I had had that, I would have said macaroni and cheese, no cap. Like who would have been that? Period. But when, when he made the seafood macaroni and cheese, I was like, oh, yeah, man. You living in the kitchen now. Like, <laughs> What's all seafood macaroni and cheese? What type of seafood is inside of it? It's shrimp. He'll put crab. He'll put lobster. It's like a melody of seafood. Mm. Really good. Invite me over next time we cook it. Oh, girl. (laughs) I need to experience that. (laughs) 
Okay, so the next question is the itis. So, you know, once you eat some real good food, maybe like that seafood, macaroni and cheese, you get tired, you want to lay down on a chair. Tell my community something that you are tired of seeing in regards to either money or business. Kind of like annoyed to see almost. Mm -hmm, like you're just sick of it. Oh, okay. I, I don't want to hear nothing about the Instagram algorithm no more. Please talk about it. <laughs> the Instagram algorithm got y'all in the chokehold. <laughs> Girl, they can't breathe. And every time it changed, I'm I'm gonna see a carousel of images on somebody's <laughs> I just think y'all just need to let that go. And what I mean by letting that go is that. This like Instagram is a great tool, but they are also a business and you have to understand like if I, you got to change your mindset, you got to change your mindset. Like I am in a business to business relationship with Instagram. Mm -hmm. Okay. And when I grew my account to whatever thousands of followers, I did that for free. Yeah. And I did it with the bare minimum. Right. And, I, and if you did it that way and you get comfortable in your ways, that you can't complain when it changes. Talk about it. Because Instagram is still a business. They can do whatever they want with their platform. And sometimes you might have to pay to play because you was getting free real estate for a long time. Mm, pay to play. My mom says that all the time. Okay. okay. So you either are going to get lost in, adjust, or figure out how you can mutually benefit Instagram in this season to get what you want. Yeah. It can just be one-sided. Um, yeah, just making an angry carousel of slide of images about how the Instagram algorithm changed and yelling at Instagram is not going to make them help you. They, they got other things going on. Exactly. But and my thing is, I feel like it is very important to build a community outside of Instagram. Yep. Like, I am always reminded of the time where social media did not exist. Yes. Those owners who are successful, they were in the trenches making it work. Now, I'm not saying don't use social media. My business has like grown because of social media, but you got to get creative. Get, right. them something, get them emails, get them phone right. numbers, right. like build a solid community outside of IG. Yes. Thank you for sharing that. Our next question, the go-to. So, you know, it's just that one go-to meal. It never disappoints. You can always go to it and it's going to fill you up. What is your go-to? What is it that keeps you motivated and inspired to do what it is that you've been called to do? Um, I would say it's definitely making something new. Like, it's not just like making the same thing over again. It's like being in innovative and creative and prototyping and stuff like that. Because when I am in like a space of creating something new, I have, it's almost like quiet time for me. Mm -hmm. like even though my hands are moving on something new I I could literally just spend the time with God and I'm playing with something in my hand and having like a very like you know just having conversation with him in a very like safe space that I created through making yeah like that's, my, that's just like my quiet time where I could be reflecting on life I like I just feel most at peace when I'm like creating something new being in an innovative space or doing something just like for me yeah. not necessarily like creating to fulfill orders like 
just being just being innovative and present in in and respecting like creating the art yeah. in that time um that's like my to go to i always feel most at peace i always feel most with myself i always have conversations with myself I always i'm able to talk to god easier because i feel like most like myself um so yeah it always starts with that i love that and have you in the past found like um has it been like conflicting keeping your creativity but also doing like what people want or like continuing to create what people buy a lot of yes so um between 2019 and 2021 um a lot of people like don't know this um I mean I'm sure I feel like a consistent moon seeder but I have been making the same thing for two years wow the same thing for two years. And um, aside from like maybe a few new things, I have been making the same thing. And going full-time has like opened up that space to just like be innovative. I'm not even trying to scale. Like I'm going to go grow the business four times, five times. That's, 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 not, that's not on my mind. I just using the space to be creative. Mm-hmm. to just like relearn my craft again, just to get comfortable. Um, and like, because I didn't have the time. Like when you don't have the time, you miss it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to go viral tomorrow because I know what it felt like when I couldn't make something new. I, I, there was like a long time I couldn't like spend playing, you know? Um, yeah, it was really hard. Yeah. Like people are like, oh, she's doing great and she's doing all these things. But I was like, no, fine, I'm about to go get it. <laughs> So when you did go viral with Tab um, wearing your earrings, were you prepared for that? No. Wow. No. Um, I could not make enough product or it would sell out. Like I had these like seasons where I would sell out in like five, 10 minutes. And that was great mm-hmm. until the, the other messages came. <laughs> Wow. Like, I came here to buy some. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a blessing. I, I would do it again the same way um, if I had the chance. But I also understand sometimes you're not prepared to be to go viral. Yeah. And it's crazy because um, I had a conversation probably about two weeks ago now with Andrea. She's the founder of Motherland Essentials. And she talked about like, how one morning she woke up to 17,000 soap bar sales. And she was like, it took so much out of me because we weren't like really in a space to produce at that level. And she was like, I had to get a team and blah, blah, blah. So like right now, do you have a team or do you just simply do everything by yourself? I was doing everything by myself, which was really bad. I don't recommend that for anybody. (laughs) But again, my husband is that one. Like he... I didn't even ask him for help. I, I couldn't like relinquish control of my business in any way, but I was stressed all the time. Um, and one day he just came into my studio and he picked up some piece and he said, so show me how to make this again. Even though I never showed him, you know, he was being funny. He's like, show me how to make this again. And yeah. he would help fulfill orders. But I, but, but since I've been full time, um, I've given him a, you know, a vacation. <laughs> I love it. yes I love that I love that so our last and final question is "Mm, that's good so you know when you take that first bite into something if it's good you're gonna say "Mm, that's good 
So can you close us out with just some words of wisdom for any 20-something, any young adult listening to this, um, just about life, business, money, whatever it is, and whatever direction you want to go? Okay, so... If it's something that you are truly passionate about, like it's your passion project, not riding the trend for money, one like, you know, quick fix or anything like that. If it is your passion project, you need to work with it as if it's your passion and stop doing it. And this is supposed to mostly speaking to myself too, but like you are running out of time. Stop working like you are running out of time. Um, when I first started getting traffic and I started seeing results, I was killing myself. Like I was making product because I felt like the shiny was going to wear off. I felt like I needed to get it out real quick or they're going to forget about me. And I was like, why am I making stuff? Like I'm running out of time. Yeah. Why am I doing that? That's like almost saying that there's like a, an expiration on, on God's blessings for me. Like, what are you, what are you doing? Like, and it's not gave you those gifts for a reason. They're theirs. They don't know what's going to take them from you. So just slow down. If it's something that you love, if you are, are tapped to do that thing, it's your passion project, slow down. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. take your time. Yeah. That spoke to me. That really spoke to me. And what I've been battling with now is knowing the difference between urgency and rush there's like yes it is important to move with a sense of urgency you don't have all day especially when god gives you something but you don't have to rush and do it because i feel like when you rush and do things you miss the entire like process the learning lesson something that you said earlier was if you don't get it you're going to continue those same lessons until you learn yeah that really spoke to me it's like making soul food. You ain't gonna rush it, right? You ain't gonna rush it. Okay. okay. Oh, that reminded me. I forgot one of my questions. That's crazy. <laughs> now we gonna close. Okay, y'all. That was the closeout question, but we gotta go back to this because I forgot. And I can't in the podcast, but I asked this question. Give me a crock pot story. So I live. I feel like we live in a very microwavable age where we want things so fast. Can you tell me a time where you had to, you know, let it slow cook, slow cook? <laughs> okay, <laughs> a lot of things, but um, specifically, I want to um, rebrand, right? Like, I want to launch this rebrand with a lookbook and a campaign and all these things, and I want the images to look a certain type of way. I want my launches to look a certain type of way. I want to work with these kind of photographers, these makeup artists, like these things. But I wanted to happen yesterday. <laughs> I wanted that stuff to happen yesterday. And and there's a tongue on my heart that's like, Kathy, you want it to happen yesterday. But every time I plan, I'm like, you can't. You're going to have to wait. Yeah. You're going to have to wait. You're just going to have to budget. You're going to have to get capital for it. You're going to have to respect other people's time, other creatives' time, their turnarounds. You can't rush other people because you want it done a certain type of way. And you can't go do a, a rebound job. Or, or a quick fix job knowing you're gonna have to fix it again in the future just you will regret it every time you will regret it just wait do it one time there's other things that you can't wait on but if it's something like this my my audience doesn't know i'm doing a rebrand like they don't know anything about that it's, you only know that 
Mm-hmm. So why are you rushing it? Like, just take your time. And when it's ready to launch and when you have all the pieces in place, you can do that when you need to do that. Yeah. And I'm impatient. Yeah. Girl, talk about... <laughs> you talking to the impatient cool. <laughs> Listen, like a couple of months ago, not even months, I started it in... I started the process in November of 2019 to create my handmade planners. But initially, they weren't supposed to be handmade. But just because of finances, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to do this handmade, right? Procrastinated on this idea since 2020 because of fear, doubt, all this kind of crazy stuff. So fast forward, I'm making these handmade planners. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is for the bird. Like, I am not patient at all. I do not like this at all. But one thing that stood out to me and it kind of brought me back to my story was taking your time. Like I realized when doing that, like I produce quality and so many people that have purchased my planner, they have came back and said like, wow, I'm a maid. This quality is just top tier. This is not something that you're going to get out of Walmart. So it matters. You do not want the discounted version. You do not want to rush the process because people can tell. Yeah. 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 And you want to do something too and plan to upkeep it. Like if I knew I wasn't ready and then I did a little piece of it knowing I didn't, you know, have all the things in place or maybe not have the the budget to do it. What if I launched and then I couldn't maintain that? What I'm going to do go back to camera phones? Like that's not a bad thing, but like you want to make sure that you you prepare for the longevity of things. So Yeah. Sustainability. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. This whole conversation was so food for me. <laughs> yes. I appreciate you so much for being on the podcast. Can you please tell my community where they can find you and how they can support Moonseed? Um, you can find me on Instagram at shopmoonseed. Um, and you can shop our website directly at moonseed.com, uh, moon-seed.com. And you can find me locally. I'm doing markets. Come say hi. Come check me out. all righty y'all thank you so much for tuning back into another episode on the responsible homegirl podcast always remember with exposure execution and consistency there is absolutely nothing you can't do see y'all on the next episode